The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. You know, Steve, uh, we've been, um, uh, the media has been criticized uh, for obsessing on Donald Trump. Let's do an an exercise. I'm I'm, I'm dead serious about this. I'm Donald Trump. Ask me a question about the 2020 election. Uh, Well, first, great hair. The hair has gotten better than I've seen in the the past. You know, I fended out a little bit and I I stopped with the orange hairspray. Yeah, um, I guess I could ask some version of this question. Mm -hmm. How are you going to handle the chaos that comes along with your approach to governance and also with some of the policies that you've promised? Uh, the Muslim ban, so-called, uh, which caused so much chaos and had to go to the courts last time. You want to reinstate that and make it stronger, which arguably means making it unconstitutional. That's what happened last time. And so does the public that supports you, the slice of the public that supports you, do they get a policy that they like or do they just get chaos? Well, it's, it's, they, what they want is they want order. And what you provide and what you left-wing media uh, dupes provide <laughs> and what Joe Biden provides that is chaos. You look at the chaos at the border. Look at the thousands and thousands of people that are streaming over the border. Joe Biden's doing that because he knows those people are going to come in. He's going to put them in lines in every swing states. They're going to vote for Joe Biden. I love how he starts off saying, you know, we get accused for obsessing over Donald Trump. And then they proceed to talk. Two minutes later, he's pretending to be Trump. He's pretending, he's pretending that he's Donald Trump, talking about the left-wing media and uh, the chaos at the border. There is probably more truth in that impersonation than there ever is on the actual show, when, when they're just being themselves. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on this final show of the week before we... At least here in Oklahoma, we're heading into some frigid temperatures. So it's nice and cozy in all of our facilities here on campus, of course. You can get to the live video stream of this show at TrumpetDaily.com. Also at our Rumble channel, that would be rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily. Also haven't mentioned uh, Live from America, LFA TV over at Rumble. Uh, We're still on every evening. I think it's uh, 8 p.m. Central Time or 9 p.m. on the East Coast. It might be a little bit earlier on Friday. Um, But I haven't uh, checked in with uh, LFA in in, uh, some time. But there still is a pretty good-sized audience over there if you uh, would prefer to watch it on that channel. Lots to get to on today's show. Of course, the bombing campaign, the U.S. and Britain coming together to bomb Houthi targets in, uh, in Yemen because of uh, their constant harassment of that, uh, that shipping lane supplying uh, quite a lot of goods and services to Europe in particular. Uh, but last night, last night, America's actually <laughs> another war. I mean, to echo what Donald Trump has said, <laughs> there's just wars going on all over the place. And then to hear Scarborough and company on their morning meltdown go on and on about how this is 
Guess whose fault it is? It's Donald Trump's fault. That's right, he didn't pursue a two-state solution. A two-state solution would have solved everything. In Yemen, with, with Hamas, Hezbollah, everything would be peaceful if the Palestinians just had their own state. Well, here is, here is another war now that uh, we can discuss from Richard uh, Palmer's morning brief. He talks about the overnight uh, bombing of these 16 bases and then says, we'll have to wait and see if this is more than a slap on the wrist, but I don't hold out much hope. It says, and this gives it some context here, the Biden government has consistently refused to oppose Iranian aggression across the Middle East. Two years ago, Joe Biden said the war in Yemen has to end. He cut off all support from the Saudis' fight against the Houthis, declaring that diplomacy is back. That directly paved the way for the Houthis' resurgence and the chaos they're causing today. I mean, the, the Joe Obama regime is responsible for empowering the Houthis. And it's the same with the Palestinians in, uh, in Gaza. It's the same with the mullahs in, uh, in uh, Tehran. Billions and billions of dollars. Sundance over at Conservative Treehouse brought this out. Now, I mean, whether they're trying to save face or uh, they look at the shipping lanes and say this has to stop. I mean, what about this history? Recent history. <laughs> and now we're trying to get in there and make a, a strong statement without congressional approval, by the way. There's quite a few Democrats who are upset. The Democrats in Congress. Because Biden just went, and, went ahead and did it. That's the way Joe Obama works. This is from uh, Sundance. It says here, as the U.S. and coalition partners be begin military engagement against the Houthi rebels, no one in the Western media will draw contrast to the State Department earlier this year sending another $444 million via U.S. aid to Yemen. <laughs> this is from yesterday. I assume he means earlier this year. Like, this year. Like, we just, we just sent them all this money. Maybe it's 2023. Maybe you got that wrong. But recently, in other words, hundreds of millions of dollars in aid going into Yemen. And now we're bombing Yemen. It says here, we're now going to begin military operations against elements within Yemen to deal with the Houthi threats. It says, as this war front is initiated, ask yourself what we spent $5.4 billion to achieve in Yemen if we're now forced to use our U.S. military there. It's, it's how many times over and again do you see America stupidly just pouring billions into a region and then later, later on it explodes in conflict? says here, as a result of the USA uh, shadow boxing ourselves in Yemen, Iran and various proxies will likely not respond there. However, U.S. military personnel deployed in Syria, Afghanistan, and Iraq will likely come under fire. So we're hunkering down now and, <laughs> and waiting for retaliation. We'll see what, what happens. This from Defense News just uh, outlining how Iran is the one empowering the Houthis. Iran is the one empowering Hamas. 
Iran's the one that ordered the attack on Israel, October 7. And they're the ones responsible for the Houthis harassing all of these ships passing through. It says here, the Houthi rebels harassing uh, crowded shipping lanes in the greater Middle East, eliciting response from the U.S. military. Now the forces are relying on foreign arsenals for their missiles and drones in the air and on the water. It says experts interviewed by Defense News said the militant group based in Yemen, from where the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden bombardments have sprung, is using Iranian technology and its derivatives. It says the regime has long propped up a constellation of combatants in advancement of its own goals and with, with its assets recently recovered in both Ukraine and Russia and after Russian use and Iraq, I should say. Just a couple, couple more bits here. It says, despite being the latest militia to join Iran's axis of resistance network, the Houthis are in possession of some of the most sophisticated copies of variants of Iranian weapons. So Barack Obama is largely responsible for funding all of this, for unfreezing funds. That's what Joe Obama does in order to help the mullahs. And then the mullahs, they fund these operations. They supply them with weapons, with arms. Whether it's the Houthis or Hamas, it says between Hezbollah and Houthis, Iran is putting pressure on Israel from both ends and then they've got Hamas inside of Israel providing pressure internally. Yes, and the regime media, Joe Scarborough and company, they're there saying <laughs> they're there saying that a two-state solution would have solved all of this. Yeah, that's that's all the mullahs are interested in. They 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 don't even like the the Palestinian people. So many of the Arab states and yet people are duped into believing that if we just appease and appease and appease and give the Palestinians a state right alongside Israel, there is a state right alongside Israel. It's in Gaza. And look at what happened on October 7. Donald Trump, for his part, of course, his, his movement would prefer no wars anywhere on earth. America first, of course, is their, their slogan. But he says here, we're dropping bombs all over the Middle East again, and our Secretary of Defense, who just went missing for five days, is running the war from his laptop in a hospital room. I mean, plans were drawn up for this when the fake president was on vacation out of the country. And then, and then this Lloyd Austin story, where it was just kind of uh, covered in a, a veil of secrecy, he's in getting this major operation done. I mean, potentially, you've got no president, no secretary of defense, I mean, at least there in the office, when all this is unfolding. <laughs> Trump's right about that. It says here, just remember, this is the same gang that surrendered in Afghanistan, where no one was held accountable or fired. That's who's running the operation. The same gang, as Donald Trump says. Speaking of Trump, and I made this point the, the other day, that town hall, the fact that he was on the town hall uh, with Fox News, well, even as Haley and uh, DeSantis were uh, debating over at CNN, <laughs> the, the ratings are in, and the, the audience was nearly double 
what was watching the Republican uh, debate that we didn't even know about. We forgot about. This is from, uh, again, Sundance. It says, the most watched CNN broadcast in all of 2023 was a town hall with President Trump. That was their most watched program last year. It says here, earlier this week, as President Trump appeared on Fox News and Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley held a debate, the audience for Trump almost doubled the CNN audience for the debate. (laughs) So there you go. Still running away with it in all the polls. Listen to this as you I mean, he, here, as I said yesterday, he's bouncing around the country, going to Iowa, going to New York City, where Letitia James is attacking him. And, and we learned yesterday she spent all this time in contact with the White House. I mean, here, that's a civil, it's not even a federal case. It's not even spearheaded by the DOJ, as in the case of Jack Smith. It's just a civil case in New York. And she's conferring with Joe Obama. How about that? And then you get these statements, these lies coming out of the White House that, hey, we don't have anything to do with these cases. We're, I mean, they are independent investigations. Listen to this montage about these persecutors that are out there. Another one saying that Donald Trump looks defeated. He's just about, he's about to be ruined. And then you get some from Trump's attorney later on in this montage about the, the lawfare that this is and how it's headed up. It's headed up by the White House, which would mean the dear leader, Barack Hussein Obama, clip eight. When all of these trial and appellate proceedings are concluded, it may no longer be called the Trump Organization. This judge has already ordered, it's been stayed pending appeal. This judge has already ordered uh, some of the remedies that uh, can be referred to as a corporate death penalty. Look, I have never seen Donald look so preoccupied. I mean, he has the face of a defeated man on the verge of a nervous breakdown. The one thing that Donald knows is that the bill is coming and that he can't afford to pay it. The Attorney General of New York meeting with the Biden White House and White House counsel, I assume, or I don't know who. Do we know who? How many occasions have you identified she was in uh, the Biden White House? And what was the time frame of that? Uh, We saw that there was a meeting in August, the month or two right before they filed their complaint. And there was another meeting later in the midst of our litigation on the attorney general's claim. So that is twice confirmed. I believe there are also reports that she had been at Miss Kamala Harris's home. This is not normal. She is a New York attorney general voted by the New York constituents. And the only thing they all have in common is the Soros backing. I cannot understand why she would have cause in the middle of a trial to go see the White House and the Biden administration, let alone the top. One of the records said that they met on the front lawn. I can't believe what I'm seeing. I thought Georgia was bad. And then today I have to sit in court and get notice that this person has now weaponized her, which we already knew. But now that she's coordinating as well with the Biden administration, what was she there for? Coffee? Well, see, my legal issues, every one of them, everyone, civil, And the criminal ones are all set up by Joe Biden, crooked Joe Biden. This is something that's never happened in this country. Even when you look at this, this is all about Biden and her meeting. 
So even the civil ones, this is civil, they're set up by Biden. Uh, every single just about case that I'm involved in is set up by Biden. They're doing it for election interference. Yeah, he's caught up in all of He said yesterday as well that he wanted to be there for all these trials. He feels like he needs to be. It's election interference. So he flies from the he flies from the town hall, then straight to New York. And he sees the, the media now see that it's Joe Obama. This is this is put on by the White House. It's targeted. And the get Trump lawfare, though, at least. I mean, this week it's really being exposed. The lid is being lifted on all this corruption. I'll get to the Fannie and Wade affair here in just a second. But this is, this is like Haba says, this is a, a New York attorney general involved in a civil case. It has nothing to do with the feds. And yet she's just in and out of the White House. For what? <laughs> well, because this is all part of the, the strategy. Get Trump. Listen to a little bit more from Trump yesterday, clip two. It's a witch hunt in the truest sense of the word. It's election interference. And uh, it just came out. I, this was just right now. Letitia James visited Joe Biden in the White House numerous times during the Trump witch hunt. And this just came out about 10 minutes ago. I got it. And so it's all it's all a conspiracy to try and get Biden, who can't put two sentences together, trying to get him into office. There you go. It's all a part of the rolling coup. It's all a part of the conspiracy. And, and he mentions there Biden can't put two sentences together. So everyone understands who's behind Biden. We've played you a, a number of clips to that effect in recent weeks. The world is waking up. The country is waking up to the fact that Barack Obama never went away. The fundamental transformation continues. The borders are wide open. Inflation's skyrocketing because of Bidenomics. Where was that? Uh, play that montage of all the, the talking heads in the regime media going on and on about how great Biden's economy is. Winner of the year, America's economy. And he said, sorry, I know I'm going to upset a lot of people. But as Caddy says all the time, America's economy, Joe Biden's work and America's economy is the envy of the world. How do we get that message out to voters? Speaker, I can bake the pie or I can sell the pie. It's hard to bake and sell at the same time. Mm-hmm. He's been working very hard and now he has to sell it. This is a very responsible, knowledgeable, values-based person who takes his responsibility seriously. Now it's time to campaign, make the public aware yeah, of it. And that's almost ready. The pie is ready. <laughs> no, I hear they're, they're coming out of the gate. He scores very high on all of those points. And many people are appreciating and enjoying it. They just are not giving him credit for it. If you run down inflation from since President Biden came into office, overall CPI inflation is up 17.6%. Food, you're talking about, is up about 34%. Electricity is up 27%. So what's your message to Americans who are feeling this every day when they buy and use things? Yeah, so uh, the president's message is very much 
He's uh, fighting for American consumers. He is fighting to lower costs. If you take core CPI, the actual index, which is seasonally adjusted, the read there is 313.216. That probably doesn't mean anything to you. It means something to me. That's the highest it's ever been. It's ever been. What you'll find is it takes a dollar nineteen of no twenty-three dollars to buy what bought a dollar pre-COVID. There they go. Cost for everything is rising. The cost is rising, as was brought out in that press conference before that guy. And uh, they just smile and say, "Hey, hey, Biden's fighting for Americans. That's all that you need to know." Or in the case of the border, hey, we're always, we're pro-border security, the regime. Donald Trump, in that appearance yesterday, he's outside the courtroom in New York City. He's talking a lot about the, the Tisha James case. And then they're asking about other cases. It's amazing to me just how informed, I mean, he had the breaking news that Tish James had all these meetings with uh, Joe Obama's White House. He had that right in his hand. And then he's asked about the D.C. case, the Jack Smith case, the immunity that's going to go undoubtedly before the Supreme Court. Listen to what he had to say about that and and Joe Biden, clip three. I say this on immunity, very simple. If a president of the United States does not have immunity, he'll be totally ineffective because he won't be able to do anything because it will mean he'll be prosecuted, strongly prosecuted, perhaps uh, as soon as he leaves office by his by the opposing party. So a president of the United States, I'm not talking just me, I'm talking any president has to have immunity. As an example, Biden could come out and you could get him on the border, you could get him on what happened in Afghanistan, the horrible, most embarrassing moment in the history of this country. You could get him on a lot of different things. You could get him taking cash from countries. You could get him on the prosecutor, not prosecuting his son or the company or whoever it was, Burisma, uh, in in Ukraine. You could get him on that, uh, where he, it was a quid pro quo, if you remember that. Uh, if they don't drop the prosecutor, we're not giving him a billion dollars of U.S. funds. Uh, if you don't have immunity, you can, you know, I mean, you won't be making any decisions. So you have to have it. Everything he said there about Biden, you can see why. You can see why. They're going to do everything in their power to hold, to, to maintain their grip on power. Anything is on the table this year, as I've been saying. The war in 24. These people, I'm, I'm still waiting for the, the exposure on Jack Smith. Tish has been exposed, Alvin Bragg to some degree. Certainly, the two lovebirds in Georgia. Georgia's version of Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. As we were saying yesterday, this is from the Daily Caller. Fulton County Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade, that's the one that Fannie hired, Nathan Wade allegedly did not disclose payments he received from working on the racketeering case against former President Donald Trump to his wife, to his wife, leaving her without financial support through their divorce proceedings, according to a court document obtained by the Daily Caller News Foundation. These are the kind of people going after Donald Trump. He sets up, it looks like he might even set up some kind of a secret business. Or a sham of a business. And then he's getting paid from Fannie. Taxpayer dollars. And he's not telling his wife. He's not, su- he's not supporting his wife. 
says here, Wade, who is appointed to work on Trump's case by Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis, is allegedly romantically involved with her and used the compensation he received from his position to take her on cruises and vacations, according to a motion filed Monday by the Trump or a Trump co-defendant. Listen to this. It says, Wade's wife alleges that he has, he has continued to draw from her bank account, leaving it routinely overdrawn despite the clear inequity in financial circumstances. His wife has been a stay-at-home mom for 20 years and relied on Wade for support during the course of their marriage, according to the filing. I mean, these are, if, if these allegations are true, these are truly awful people. And they're the ones traveling in and out of the White House, on the phone with the White House. Get Trump. We got to get Trump. This guy's making $700,000 and he can't send a little bit to his wife, his now ex-wife. Willis was subpoenaed earlier this week to testify in Wade's divorce proceedings, according to CNN. Wade filed for divorce on November 2nd, 2021, the day after his contract with Willis began. He gets, he gets this unbelievable contract and then says, hey, goodbye to my wife. I'm moving on with Fanny. These people are in trouble. I mean, they, these people are in some hot water legally. These are the kind of people going after Trump. It says here, according to court filings, he had his divorce case sealed on February 10, 2022, according to the Monday motion filed by Trump co-defendant Michael Roman. Well, you can see why he would want it sealed. This is some pretty uh, dirty laundry we're talking about here. This is from Just the News. It says Georgia's prosecutors, uh, Georgia prosecutors meeting with Biden officials, the latest evidence of White House hand in Trump cases. So you have two visits into the White House. Letitia James, the New York Attorney General, she has nothing to do with the federal government. She's in and out of the White House. And then now this. It says travel to Athens conference. This is on some of the, the receipts turned in by this Wade character. He was turning in, uh, he was getting reimbursed. He was getting paid by the hour. In some cases, every hour of a day. It says, travel to Athens, conference with White House counsel. The invoice reads, Wade charged the DA's office $2,000 in attorney's fees for the work. Counsel from the White House. The invoices provided in the, suit, in the suit show at least one more meeting with Biden White House staff on November 18th, 2022. That appears to have taken place in Washington, D.C., though there's no record of a visit by Wade in the White House visitor logs. It says, interview with D.C. White House, the invoice reads, Wade charged another $2,000 in fees for this meeting. So he's getting all this counsel, this direction from the White House, and he's getting paid for it from Fannie, from taxpayers in Georgia. It says here, listen to this. The November meeting with undisclosed White House staff was held just three days after Trump 
the widely anticipated election opponent of Biden announced that he was running for the 2024 GOP presidential nomination. The November meeting, just three days, Trump announces, yeah, I'm running. And next thing you know, those attorneys are in the White House. How are we going to get Trump? How are we going to unleash lawfare against Trump? As I say, at least, at least a good bit of it is a good bit of this is being exposed. I mentioned the border just briefly. We've got another, uh, I think there's another montage. Yeah, number nine. This is uh, Democrats explaining that, uh, well, there's a lot of Mayor Adams. The, the, the whole problem with the border now, according to them, it's Governor Abbott in Texas. Because as far as they're concerned, I mean, the Democrats are just doing everything perfect with respect to the southern border. This is clip nine. So what is your biggest concern right now, and what's the biggest challenge for the city? Uh, the, uh, it's always big issues in a big city like New York, but when you look at the migrant and asylum seeker crisis, as the numbers were mentioned, almost 170,000, uh, it is uh, Albany, we're 1.5 the size of Albany was dropped in New York City. This has nothing to do with sanctuary cities. Uh, migrants and asylum seekers are paroled into the countries. They're here legally. Is when you parole someone into a country, you should have a decompression strategy on a national level to spread it throughout the country and not target just certain cities. Cities should not be handling a national crisis of this magnitude. We're getting, in average, and just think of this number. There are weeks we get 4,000 migrants that come into our city. Uh, when you have anywhere from 2,500 to 4,000 coming in a week, and you have to find housing, food, shelter, shelter, clothing, educating the children, health care. That's not sustainable. It's a $12 billion hole in the budget of our economy. It's going to impact low-income uh, New Yorkers, and it's going to impact every service in this city. Uh, but we can't continue to sustain this. And I do want to ask you, have you spoken directly with the governor of Texas, Governor Abbott? We reached out and tried to coordinate with uh, just the mean spiritness of this governor who has his intentionality of just placing people on buses, uh, compelling them to leave the city. Uh, that is why we're taking legal action. Uh, when you look at what he's doing, history is going to really reflect uh, how much he has devastated the lives of people. We've never been this way as a country. We should not be this way right now to this group of uh, men and women who are here. If we parole them in, then we should give them the opportunity that every other immigrant has had, and that is the right to move into the greatness of this country. The president has put forth over $10 billion to assist at the border. We've mm -hmm. always been for controlling our border, for securing the border. There's never been a question about that. Certainly not. Never been a question about uh, border security. We've poured $10 billion into it to try to expedite them right on through. And they, they are. They're going to New York. And Mayor Adams wants them to go somewhere else. But, yeah, they all should come in. Just not all in New York, Chicago, or wherever. They had some kind of hearing. What was it yesterday? A hearing on illegal immigration. Listen to what the distinguished Gerald Adler had to say about uh, those just pouring into the country. This is clip six. And we need immigrants in this country. Forget the fact that the farm, that our, our, our vegetables would rot in the ground if, it weren't, if they weren't being picked by many immigrants, many illegal immigrants. 
Uh, they, they sure think highly of the immigrants coming in, don't they? So, that almost sounds racist to me. In, in any event, they're pouring into New York, Chicago, Atlanta, Los Angeles, these huge cities because they want to pick the vegetables. Okay, got it. And then listen to what he admits, saying the quiet part out loud. This is uh, clip seven. The fact is that the birth rate in this country is way below replacement level which means our population is going to start shrinking. So there you go. He admits that there is a, a, a thing such as the great replacement theory. Two seconds ago, for Tucker Carlson or anyone to suggest that that was real, they were considered conspiracy theorists or racists or white supremacists. Listen to this uh, CNN report just from a couple of years ago. This was in May, I think, of 2022, clip 11. Officials believe the gunman accused of the mass shooting in Buffalo was inspired by the, the white replacement conspiracy theory. Now, this is a baseless belief that white people are being slowly but intentionally replaced by minorities and immigrants. The concept was once a fringe theory, but now it's embraced by many Republican lawmakers and Fox hosts. What was once a fringe white supremacist conspiracy theory has now become mainstream. We know what the Democrats are up to here. They want open borders. This is exactly their strategy. Uh, They want to replace the American electorate. With a growing number of Republican lawmakers now openly promoting the far-right so-called Great Replacement Theory. The Republican lawmakers, Fox News hosts, and of course now Jerry Nadler. You can add Nadler to the list, the radical Democrat from New York who accidentally said the silent part, the quiet part, out loud. When we come back, we will conclude today's show with a Bible study segment. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. Freedom is one of the most sought-after ideals in human history. Man's search for freedom has taken him into the fiercest of protests, struggles, revolutions, civil wars, and even world wars. Today, in the midst of free societies, many continue to fight for what they perceive as ever greater freedoms. And yet, many of these same people are actively fighting against law. Few people understand that this war against law actually undermines true freedom. To learn more, request Gerald Flurry's booklet, No Freedom Without Law. In this free booklet, you will see what the Bible says about the latter-day spirit of rebellion and lawlessness that is now so common in our nations today. Also request America Under Attack. In this booklet, you will learn more about the spirit behind this attack on law. You'll see where this is leading. Both booklets are offered freely at no cost or obligation to you. Request No Freedom Without Law and America Under Attack. Email your request to td at kpcg.fm or visit thetrumpet.com.
This week, German farmers have been protesting against the German coalition government's plan to reduce diesel subsidies and tax breaks for farmers. German farmers parked more than 560 tractors and other vehicles in front of the Brandenburg Gate in Berlin on January 8. Highways, roads, and even train tracks were blocked off by tractors, causing major traffic jams nationwide. The coalition government, led by Social Democrat Chancellor Olaf Scholz, was forced to create a new spending plan after a court ruling in November scrapped its 2024 budget. After a month of negotiations, a new spending budget was agreed to that saved money by cutting subsidies and ending tax breaks in the agricultural sector. Farmers are worried that the new budget plan will drive them out of business. Trumpet editor-in-chief Gerald Flurry has warned that weak leadership in Germany could easily aggravate its people and cause them to seek a strong new leader. He has even said that this future leader could perhaps take advantage of a weak coalition. To learn more, read A Strong German Leader is Imminent. Iran is aiding Hamas in developing precision-guided cruise missiles, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu announced on January 7th, the three-month anniversary of Hamas's invasion of Israel. Israeli troops found evidence in an underground weapons manufacturing plant in Gaza that proves Iran is directly supporting the terrorists fighting Israel. Previously, Israel believed that Hamas had mostly unguided rockets, with only a few short-range missiles with guided capabilities. The new discovery shows that Iran is helping Hamas make a significant upgrade that will enable it to inflict much more terror on Israel. The trumpet has said since the beginning of this war that Hamas was directly supported by Iran, contrary to what some Western officials have claimed. Specific prophecies show that Iran is the main power behind radical Islam. By studying these prophecies, you can prove who Iran is in Bible prophecy and know where its pushy actions will lead. To learn more, read our free booklet, The King of the South. The British Royal Navy will decommission the recently refurbished HMS Westminster warship and the HMS Argyle this year due to a shortage of sailors, The Telegraph reported on January 4th. This exposes a concerning lack of British service members at a time when global crises are rapidly increasing. The British armed forces have recently faced record lows in personnel. By the end of October 2023, the overall number of service personnel in the UK armed forces dropped by 7,440, leaving the force's overall strength 3.9% lower than the previous year. The Navy's numbers dropped 22.1% compared to the previous year. Britain used to rule the waves with the most magnificent navy the world had ever seen, governing an empire so large that the sun never set on it. Today, while emerging powers in Europe and Asia grow in strength, the United States and Britain are declining. The decline in the British Armed Forces aligns with specific prophecies in the Bible. To learn more about these prophecies and how Britain and America's declining military power will have drastic results, read Britain's Hollow Military. To learn more about current world news and how it relates to Bible prophecy, please visit thetrumpet.com. There you go, our uh, weekly World Watch segment. I forgot to draw attention to that at the top of the show, but that's uh, set for every Friday on, uh, on this program. I mentioned a couple weeks ago we had a show uh, focusing in on that Harvard president. She couldn't come out and, and uh, say that those that would protest on the campus uh, for genocide, genocide against the Jews, 
She, she basically couldn't, she couldn't establish a position on that from, from Harvard's perspective. The Jew hatred that's been revealed. She had to step down, but she still retains her post as a, as a teacher, a professor, a distinguished professor. And then they bring in Lori Lightfoot. All these, these, left, these left-wing communist thinkers, de Blasio, they receive this special status at places like Harvard to teach for a semester. This is from the New York Post <laughs> regarding Columbia. It's basically about a semester course that Hillary Rodham Clinton taught. The course is called Inside the Situation Room. And it's the, the author of the Benghazi disaster is teaching, not, not Harvard students, Columbia students about how to make good decisions. The New York Post quotes one of the uh, students who took the course saying, I would have really, really hoped that she would bring in some more unique insights rather than her almost basically reciting passages from her book word for word during lecture time. That's uh, according to a current Columbia student. (laughs) The the course, I mentioned in the first segment, some of these people being so awful in, in just the way they treat one another, the way they treat their wife or their ex-wife, and the, their hatred, their obsession for all things Trump. They're also just full of vanity and pride. It, Columbia, I mean, Columbia and Harvard, those are like the top two, some would say. What a gig. Coming at it from Columbia's standpoint, they're like, wow, we get... Uh, we get Hillary Clinton. She was almost the president. And then she just comes in and reads from her book, basically. And it's boring. It's boring. The, the course lacks insights. It, it says she turned more into a politician. It's about what you would expect from politicians, right? You know, the empty suits. The, the, the surface looks great. The, on the surface, it's impressive. But you scratch beneath the surface, and what do you find? Donald Trump exposes these people, and that's why they hate him so much. If you think about what comes out from these universities, Columbia, Harvard, in so many ways, I mean, this is the worst of the lot. And as I say, the October 7 attack on Israel really and truly did expose. It did expose just how much propaganda is poured into the minds of students. Barack Obama went to Harvard of course, and he was close associates or friends with Bill Ayers. He met uh, Rashid Khalidi, who hates Jews. He met him at Harvard, I believe. Senator Ted Cruz, he said a a week or two back, Barack Obama sent $100 billion to Iran. Iran is the lead funder of Hamas and the Houthis, we know. The Houthis as well. Barack Obama sent $100 billion to Iran? And now we're bombing the Houthis. Why? $100 billion to Iran. It says Joe Biden and Barack Obama, in a very real and practical sense, funded the death squads that were murdering civilians, that were raping women and girls, that were slaughtering infants. And then the Harvard students and the Columbia students take to the streets. 
in support of Hamas. This is what they've been taught. This is what these, these progressive professors believe in their heart of hearts. Exposed. This is uh, from Peter Wood, a column uh, not that long ago. I think this was, again, after so many of those protests that have finally since died down. The protests in support of Hamas, I mean. It says here, if you don't like the pro-Hamas demonstrations by American college students, you won't, then you won't like American higher education, which is the garden in which these flowers were grown. This is their educational environment. This is where the Jew hatred, the, the seeds of Jew hatred begins. Higher education. I've been talking in recent uh, Bible study segments about Herbert Armstrong and that he was right. He was right about many things. Most of this uh, brochure has to do with, with prophecy, the prophecies that he, that he got right over and again. But he was also right about higher education, the influence of evolution and the influence of Sigmund Freud and the influence of, it's, in a, it's a quote in Mystery of the Ages. I've given it to you a couple times now. But higher education is deceived. What does it say over in, let me just read to you, Revelation chapter 12. Kind of bouncing around in my notes here. Hopefully the guys are keeping up with me in the control room. Revelation 12 and verse 9, it says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. I mean, the, the, the influence coming from the devil was bad enough before this happened in the last days. But now that they're cast out or into this earth, confined to the surface of this earth, look at, look at the level of deception. Look at this, this world in tur turmoil. Look at these atrocities that are now just happening almost daily. Verse 12, it says, Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you that dwell in them. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has but a short time. The devil is coming after us. The devil is going after universities. He's going after higher education. He's going after every sector of society. He's certainly going after government. The administrative state, look at, look at how many truly awful people are in top positions and trying to hurt others and getting away with it in many cases. These uh, universities, just to come back to higher education, I mean, in so, many, in so many ways, they're just training camps for the anti-Israel extremism, training camps for these young people. Mr. Armstrong, in the very first mock issue of The Plain Truth, he had a, a picture of a youth sitting in a classroom with a funnel on the top of his head, and then the teacher just pouring the propaganda. I mean, that's something, that's something that he had in his, his thinking, Herbert Armstrong, that is, back in the 1930s. That's pretty amazing. As I say, he was uh, right. This uh, Peter Wood piece about you know, the support for Hamas and how you explain it. Well, go and check out, check out a big time university 
He says, although all these explanations have something, more, have something important to say about higher education support for Hamas, I think disdain for America is the most significant. See, it's not even just Jew hatred. If you go to, a, if you go to one of the most prestigious universities in the country, you're going you're gonna to get a steady diet of anti-Americanism as well. Self-hate. This is what so many of our young people are taught. You need to hate America and everything that it once stood for. You need to hate the traditions, the founding of this, of this great nation. You need to see all of the bad things that America has done to this. And while we're at it, let's talk about the British Empire as well. The British Empire, uh, America, and little Judah, little Israel in the Middle East. That's where we really want to concentrate our our hate and rage toward. And then it really did get exposed, didn't it, following the attack, Hamas attack on October 7. It says here, the hostility of lost generation intellectuals and the aspirations of early 20th century progressives to transform America had their effect. You see, Barack Obama, he's a product of higher education. He went to Harvard. He went, I think he went to Columbia too. He's a product of this anti-American, this anti-Americanism. He was brought up under communist influencers, for sure. He admitted it. He admitted it in his memoir. It says here, the slow elimination of honor, respect, and admiration for those who founded our nation and who in later generations built on those foundations gave way to a new aspiration of liberating themselves from every stricture of traditional culture and inventing something uninhibited and new and almost always filled with anger towards what came before and what continued to stand in the way. He says leftist ideology in general fills the void in the lives of students who have been given a curriculum of triviality and self-indulgence. Quite an indictment against higher education, against modern education. Mr. Armstrong, Herbert Armstrong that is, used to talk about how errors almost always come from a false basic premise. So you go back to the beginning, you go back to embracing evolution, you go back to embracing all of the uh, bizarre uh, conclusions and beliefs of these influential thinkers like Sigmund Freud. And you see, you see where we are today. You see how, you see why so many people uh, consume the steady diet of lies coming out from the academy. This is from 1 Corinthians 3 and verse uh, 1. It says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual Paul writing here, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not, not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. I mean, they really had descended into a pretty sorry state, just as far as their spiritual education was concerned. Paul writing here, he said the same thing essentially in Hebrews 4. That look, you're receiving true education because this world needs teachers. This world needs a new form of higher education, and it's about to get one. God, God brought us into his church so that we could receive true education based on the word of God. 
based on this rock-solid foundation, based on this premise, quite unlike the premise that higher education is based on today, so much hatred for America, your own nation of all things, hatred for Jews. Verse 3 here it says, for you are not, not yet carnal, uh, for whereas there is among you envying and strife, for you are yet carnal, I should say. There's envying, there's strife, there's divisions. And you, are you not carnal and walk as men? Paul's saying, look, if, if there's envying and strife, if there's division, what's the cause? Something's wrong. Sin is somewhere. And you've got to remove the sin. Look at all the envying and the strife and the division that you see, not just on college campuses today, but all across society. Something is wrong. Something is dreadfully wrong. Verse uh, 13, it says, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. There is a law of cause and effect, and we talk about that all the time on this campus. We certainly do. But they don't talk about it on other campuses. They, they, they're happy to spread the delusion of everything's just getting better. We're just progressing. The human heart, there's, real, I mean, there's a few little exceptions here and there, as Barack Obama used to say. There's a few messy spots, but, you know, for the most part, everything's getting good and, and better. And, and we're making progress. We're, we're, we're coming up to utopia. We're just about there. That's uh, higher education thinking. And then, if you're educated in the truth of God, you look at this world and you know it's about to explode. And it's going to draw every nation in to this, uh, this worldwide conflict. Mr. Armstrong brought that out at the very beginning of the United States and Britain in prophecy. Verse 18, it says, Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seems to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise, it says, for the wisdom, listen to this, the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it's written, he takes the wise in their own craftiness. There's other verses that talk about God bringing the lowly into the church. Not to stay there, but at least if someone will humble themselves and, and not fill up on pride and vanity... God can begin to open our minds and then to, to truly educate us and to prepare us for our positions in his royal family. And we'll be used to teach alongside Jesus Christ. I wish I could get into more. I've got more in my notes, but uh, that's all that we have time for today. You're listening to Stephen Fleury, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show, and we'll see you again next time. <laughs>